0: So, you know, I might as well actually jump into a, a little Oscar talk right now. Just a, a recap since uh, our last episode dropped after the Oscars, but I didn't get to talk about it since we recorded that morning. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw it in here right now. Um, okay. Green Book, One Best Picture, What the Fuck. That's what the fuck. I haven't seen it yet from Um, all from everything I've heard does not deserve it. Uh, I saw a list. It was uh, out of the best movies of the year. If you like culminate like all the different uh, uh, critics and stuff of the like best year lists, it ranked number 32. So I don't know how the fuck it won. Uh, A lot of white people wanted to feel better about themselves as far as I hear. So,
1: well, so here's the thing. I haven't seen it either, Mm -hmm. but I, I was interested in Honestly, I'm probably still interested in in seeing it, uh, just because I like. Um, man, Mahershala. I'm going to butcher his, his name, Mahershala Ali. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, he was in uh, season one of of Luke Cage, and I liked him a lot there. Oh yeah, um, wow. and uh, he he actually voices a character in Spider Verse as well, and uh, just cool. just overall, I, I I'm impressed with his acting. But um, when I heard about the the story, it's like a uh, a gay black uh, musician from what in. Uh, like, New York or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. On the, the East Coast, maybe? And mm-hmm. then he's traveling through the South in mm-hmm. the 40s or 50s? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Clearly, I haven't researched this too much. <laughs> but, like, the idea of that uh, happening is something I'd want to watch. But then, as I was watching the Oscars, I saw that he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor? Yes. I was like, wait, what? So Super he's, confusing. He's not the main focus? Vigo. And then is. come to find out that, yeah, Vigo Mortensen, the, the white guy... He's the the main focus, like the the guy who drives the most interesting character in the movie around is the is the lead mm-hmm. actor. It's weird. It's bizarre.
0: Yeah, and I um uh, that was when I first heard that that they were announced for cuz I didn't know much about the movie except for like the basic plot like you said, but um mm. then when I heard that he was nominated for best supporting actor and I was like, shouldn't this be his story? Uh yeah. and it was like, no, it's the white dude's story about blacks traveling in the south in the 50s or whatever and i was like wait what like that doesn't i don't understand uh and yeah. then also i saw a thing that um someone said this was like the most disappointing best picture win since driving miss, driving miss daisy and they just switched the roles the now the white what? guy is driving <laughs> the car and like <laughs> but they still made him like the main focus and it's just weird i don't know so uh yeah i, I was still watching because i love mahershala and i like vigo uh a lot too but um I'm not very excited about it I wasn't very excited about it Uh, My brother Danny Who I'd mentioned before uh, Especially with Oscar talk Because he had seen Like everything this year um, During the Oscars He kept texting me When it was winning stuff Like it won best uh, uh, Screenplay As well And uh, He was like This is getting so much love It doesn't deserve This is fucked up and then it won Best yeah. Picture, and he was just like, "I'm out, like fuck this, <laughs> what the hell." <laughs> uh, There's a lot of weird stuff, though. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously, I didn't care for that much, but uh, uh, I get why people like it and everything. But it won for for Best um, Sound Mixing and Sound Editing, I believe. And um, mm-hmm. I saw a Slash article that basically they pinpointed and they were like, this is what's wrong. It's like the people that vote in this don't actually know how to make movies. Like even though they're in Hollywood and stuff, they don't really understand. They're basically like, oh, I like that music. It should win. Yeah, And it's like, yeah. no, that that did not deserve to win those at all. Like that shouldn't even <laughs> right. be nominated. They just had songs. That's nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody has songs. Um, if, if anything, <laughs> it should have been like uh, First Man had great sound editing and sound mixing. That was a uh, pretty crazy Uh, well done that was like the silence of space and like the the sound to make you like feel like you're really in the moment uh in those scary situations in the shuttle and different planes and stuff but um it's not even what i voted for i didn't really want it to win but i was like that should have won over fucking Mm -hmm. bohemian rhapsody and it was a weird oscars and and when you
1: with that and when you said that you voted for it to win you are a part of the voting board absolutely you you are part of the academy you get to vote
0: yeah um uh, people might not know this but uh when you have a podcast uh mm-hmm. that does a lot with movies um they just invite you in uh brent yeah. i don't know if you got your mailer uh this year or not but
1: it might have been lost i have uh, chosen not to vote mm-hmm. um because you know it doesn't matter you know it's yeah all, you know voting Politics. doesn't matter i think we've we've all learned that <laughs> uh you can't change anything by voting <laughs> clearly you know oh
0: man it's yeah why even try um well that's okay did you did you even watch the oscars this year yes yeah of course yeah i
1: i I watched it mainly just to see like i had a mental stephen fisher Mm. in my brain oh excellent and i i was watching him watch the oscars (laughs) and anytime uh bohemian rhapsody came up i just imagined you uh putting on wigs tearing out the hair on the wigs and then like swapping them for a new wig wow
0: i i didn't do that but now i will that sounds like a great idea because mm-hmm. I can't tear my hair yeah. out. It's already gone. Um, yeah. But, man, that's a good way to put it. Uh, basically, it would happen and I would just be like, God damn it, over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> it would like four or something like that, three or four, somewhere in there. I uh, do yeah. so stupid. But I will say that uh, I loved the hostless Oscars. I thought that actually flowed really well. Um, yeah. There's a lot that you were just able to cut out. And uh, I thought a lot of the the presenters were, were good with their jokes and stuff and just kind of getting to it. Um, I'm glad everything mm-hmm. was shown without being in commercial breaks, uh, right? Yeah, so that was good. Um, so overall, I thought it was good. I, I actually think again, like I'm not a f- huge Kevin Hart fan, but thinking back to this Oscars and what I liked about it, and th- seeing him as a host there, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have liked that. Like, it would have just thrown, for one, a host that I just don't think is necessary, but also like a host that I don't care for. So uh, I really like the flow of it, and um, that, uh, that that that. Uh, song that the when they did Shallow with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, um, mm-hmm. oof, the, I think collectively the entire world just jizzed their pants. Uh, that thing was <laughs> sensual. You know what I mean. A lot of
1: people were like, "Oh, they they must be together in real oh, life." Yeah. And it's like you you know this is from a movie that <laughs> <They're> they both <laughs> acted in, right? Like they're probably just bringing that to to the Oscars. Yeah, like. Sure, maybe they're close in real life, but they don't have to necessarily be, you know, boning or whatever. It can just be a performance of those characters at at the Academy of right?
0: (laughs) I think you uh, you understood it right from the start, uh, like like people should have, Uh, because Lady Gaga came out a few days later or whatever, and was like, "No, we were we were performing. Like we wanted. Like when you're singing a love song, you want to just be like you're the only two in the room." you want it to be, you want to feel the love between the people. And we wanted to like show that. So we like got into character and we did our thing or whatever. And I'm glad that you guys felt that we were in love because that's what we meant for, but you know, whatever, we're not actually, it was weird. Like his girlfriend or wife was like sitting between them, like down, right. She's like right there. Like there was at least like a, a, a woman right there. I don't know who she is, but, um, I assume Mm -hmm. it's his girlfriend or wife. And I was like, that'd be really awkward. But, uh, But I I thought it was like a beautifully shot. It was really cool how they did the the camera moves and stuff. They kind of showed the whole audience instead of the band behind them. Um, And uh, Amanda told me, my wife told me that uh, she heard that Bradley Cooper actually directed that whole thing and how he wanted it to be shot and how he'd be like standing at first and come over and sit by her and everything. So I was thinking that that whoever was part of the Oscars who directed that did such a great job. And it turned out they just like gave the reins to him for that song. So um, that was my uh, highlight, I would say, because uh, again, I love that movie. But that that Oscars uh, song was whew, good.
1: Yeah, um, for me, the highlight was Spider Verse winning Best Animated yeah. Feature. It was awesome. That was so badass. It was like it was between that and Incredibles two for me. I would have been happy with either. Mm-hmm. But if I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna give a slight edge to Spider Verse because Spider Man's my favorite fictional character. Sure. Um, and, uh, man, I was so pumped that it won because it is just such a, uh, an incredible feat, mm-hmm. uh, to put all of that together. And the animation style is so like fresh and new and you're mixing multiple styles of, uh, animation in mm-hmm. with it. And it just, it just works. You've got a character called Spider-Ham. In this movie, (laughs) it won an Oscar. It's fucking awesome. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty
0: rad. Yeah, I I still haven't seen that, but I am really excited. I know it's coming back to theaters and like to IMAX for a a little bit because of its Oscar win, which is really cool too. That they're trying to like kind of bank on that a little bit. Um, But yeah, Yeah. it's funny. uh, I know that like I guess this is the first time in the last six years that Disney hasn't won the best animated feature. That's uh, what I saw, yeah, yeah. and um, and Incredibles two is what I kind of expected. That most people, I I, I voted for Spider Man into the Spider Verse to win, and I'm glad it did. But I think Incredibles mm-hmm. two was the one uh, that people expected. But I saw someone tweeted a picture of like a store standee of Ralph breaks yeah. the Internet, and it said best best animated feature, and I was like, wow, you guys really jumped the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I don't know that anybody really thought they were going to win, but they did apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, how many people shopping at you know, a store are necessarily going to recognize that, mm. you know, and, and, and realize that, hey, that didn't win. Yeah, right. But <laughs> they're like, oh, know. this won. Cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll buy this. Maybe that was their ploy all along. They're like, nobody really pays attention. I can just call it and people will be like, oh, cool. Award winner. I, I should get this. I don't even know. They should really do help.
1: that with like whatever like garbage movie that comes out. Yeah. Just like even make up an award. Yeah. A uh, oh, oh, winner for 2019 Greg Canterfield's <laughs> Saturday Night Movie Marathon. They're
0: like, oh, wow. I've heard of that. Yeah. Really? Because <laughs> we didn't just make it up. That's a real thing.
1: The Greg Canterfield? <laughs> wow. At the Wisconsin Canterfields. Holy shit. I've got to get it. <laughs>
0: That's how our, our award, if we had like an LTAS award. People mm-hmm. will be like, oh cool, let's talk about stuff. Sure, that sounds like a podcast. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. This is our award. <laughs> we gave it.
1: <laughs> wow, they won an El Tassi.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> you need to design a trophy now. Okay. I think this should It'll, be a thing.
1: <laughs> It'll just be a um our our main logo uh printed out on nine uh nine by twelve copy paper. And then, like, <laughs> taped onto, like, uh, just a random trophy that you get from, you know, a grocery store or whatever. Oh, just awesome. Like put on there. Or, know?
0: like, uh, we can just go get one out of, like, a thrift store, and it's just, like, taped around it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that uh, or, or, really work. Or you can get a uh, uh, World's Greatest Boss mug and just put, like, World's Greatest, and then you put, like, El Tass <laughs> Award winner on there. World's Greatest yeah. Grandma. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> or best grandma I think it is uh, yeah so uh, but I thought yeah the Oscars this year were, uh, were pretty good I thought there were some really good speeches and yeah. um, uh, Black Panther won for a whole bunch of shit that was really awesome like uh, yeah. uh, costume Costuming design and, and, and like art visual direction. effects I think yeah oh okay uh, no it yeah. didn't win for visual effects because First Man won which is kind of weird oh
1: yeah that's right yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I was voting for Ready Player One I thought that was uh, my favorite that was so visionary and stuff, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I could have seen a lot of ones for that one. But uh, all the costume and stuff—I mean, that was fucking gorgeous in Black Panther, mm-hmm. and they kept showing clips from it, and I was like, man, I really need to watch Black Panther again. <laughs> it's
1: been a, <laughs> been a bit. Um, it was weird that they—they they often, not often, a, a, a few times they mentioned Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. but the camera never they like never showed, showed him, him. I know, which is so bizarre. Yeah, because. I don't know if they show the other directors or if they necessarily like shouted them out as much. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, they did for the ones who were nominated. You know, they they put them all up on the screen. But um yeah, I just thought it was weird. Like yeah. Kevin Feige was on screen a couple uh-huh. of times, but not not Ryan Coogler, who's one of the the primary. Like his movie was up for one of the primary awards. You would yeah. have thought he would have been on screen yeah. a time or two. It but... was
0: it was weird because I, uh, for a little bit I was like, oh well, maybe he's not there, but they were all like clearly talking to him. Like they kept looking at the same spot, like he was over there. Yeah. And I was wondering like, maybe he was just like flipping off the camera the whole time. He's like, don't film me. Like, <laughs> or he was like hiding in the, in the corner or something. I don't know. Like they, it was so weird that they never showed him. Cause they mm-hmm. mentioned him, like everybody that got an award mentioned him over and over again about like yeah. how he was the visionary behind it and like gave them jobs and blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. So that was, that was really interesting. Um, that they didn't show them, but uh, but it was cool. Uh, they won best score as well, which really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know who I thought should win that, but uh, again, like when I heard back, it I was like, "Yeah, that's a fucking great score." That movie's just mm-hmm. fucking great. So uh, could have could have gotten even some more love, but uh, I'm glad for the love it got. So yeah, very cool. Well, first
1: first uh, Marvel Oscar win, I believe. Is it really? Wow. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Good for them. So
1: not just not just MCU, but like all together, like all the Marvel films, like. Huh. None of the X-Men films won anything. Are you sure
0: the Howard the Duck didn't get anything?
1: You know what? I take it back. I take it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best uh, duck titties <laughs> <laughs> went to uh, Howard, Howard the Duck back in the day. I was, forgot about that. It was
0: that. a one-year award. They uh, they did uh-huh. it for that movie and never brought it back. Never yeah. needed to. No.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there was... I remember hearing there was some stiff competition, but I don't remember what those... What that other film would have been, mm-hmm. or those other films would have been, um, I, I guess they could have just like padded the the rest of the <laughs> uh, the category. But I mean, it seems like you know slam dunk. Yeah, you know. So
0: and I mean, they, it was so visionary. Again, you could say uh, oh. at the time, and uh, more more duck titties need to be in movies though. I think that it was ahead mm-hmm. of its time. I, I think it should come back though. There's duck that Howard duck series. Woo! People will be like, i watched watch that on a Saturday morning." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think with that and about fifteen or more minutes into this, we should uh, say we're doing it. So I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where we've been talking welcome. about Oscars, uh, 2019 recap, and uh, but today we're very excited to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp.
1: Yes, that's Ant Man and the White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. <laughs>
0: i shortened the title you said the real title that's
1: right yeah 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 i mean you know, let's really spell it out for everyone absolutely and it's true yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i mean she could be catholic i don't know but basically probably true i mean we we know uh we know yeah. what time it is you know yeah <laughs> absolutely so uh yeah this movie came out in 2018 i think it was july of last year okay that it came out yeah it's um, right um now i i saw this in theaters uh for free actually i, mm-hmm. I went with uh Uh, my church group co-workers it was a it was a what
0: are you with your church group
1: yeah with my (laughs) church group uh we all all got because i work at a church now uh i I used to be a a duck banker i've moved on to uh duck blessings oh wow yeah so you know i'm trying to reform and move on from uh you know what i uh i really spend a lot of time uh, looking at Duck Titties. Oh, uh, right. And Howard, Howard the Duck. I, it would be a time where I would close my eyes, and every time I would do so, I would see the Duck Titties featured in the Howard the Duck movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Lord, uh, quack, quack, uh, please help me move on and give me a sign that I need to do so. And sure enough, we had Daniel Sanchez on the show not long ago with his Mighty Ducks hat. Mm. I said... Lord, quack, quack, this is indeed a sign. So I've now moved on uh, to the Church of Latter-day Quacks, and I uh, was able to go see... Now, I went with my church group at the time. I did Um, not work with them. Okay. When I went to go see Ant-Man and the White Oak... Protestant, it's a newer thing. Mm -hmm. It's a newer thing, but I was was already there, and so I've moved on and taken up uh, a role as part of the clergy. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big task. I mean, uh, we do have bedding there for people who have lost their way, you know, some, uh, like a safe place for them to stay, but we do not offer pillows with feathers in them. Yeah. Incredibly insensitive. Absolutely. Um, Even the so, fake wet- ones you know, are I mean,
0: still insensitive, I think, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Yes,
1: yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a new way to live and approach life, but uh, I'm doing it and um, I'm, I'm very happy to do so. And I th- quack quack. I
0: I th- I think I'm proud of you. I get. I, I'm not sure. I'm still mm-hmm. like on the fence about it, but I think it's like your journey, you know, and mm-hmm. whatever you need to do. And uh, I mean, if 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 you talk to Carl and Carl said, "Quack quack, go for it," you know, mm-hmm. you need to yep. you need to go to a quack quack. So,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Cool. He said, "Go home, Brent. Brent, go home. Quack quack." <laughs> no, he he appeared to me in the form of a mallard mm. that was at a pond near my house. I said, Carl, is that, <laughs> is that you? And he just looked at me and goes, bark, bark, bark. I was like, oh, well, I guess I will take that as a sign. Yep, so you, you really take, take any
0: kind of duck signs
1: around you. <laughs> just really anything. Yeah. Uh, if If I'm walking under something that's going to, that's kind of, Low hanging like a, a tree branch, mm-hmm. and somebody says, "Hey, watch out for that limb!" And I have to duck. I'm like, "Oh, oh this is a sign." So, well, I have to yeah. say,
0: uh, this is no joke. When I went out this morning to get breakfast, um, it's been rainy here, and there are were two ducks splashing in the water on the side of my like neighborhood street, like in the in the mm-hmm. ditch in the water. And I, I was there's a pond like right by us on the other mm-hmm. side of those houses. And uh, the ducks weren't there. They were they were on my side of the street. So maybe that's a sign to me. I I didn't see it until now. But I'm thinking that you're you might be telling me that Carl is trying to speak to me.
1: I believe so. I believe what High Father Carl, uh, King of All Ducks, is trying to tell us is that, uh, or you specifically, sure. is that you need to make time, reestablish those relationships, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, uh, don't be afraid to to act silly, play with them a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Possibly hump. Is it? Wait, I what? mean, it's hard to tell. It's huh? It's hard to tell <laughs> with ducks because we don't, we don't necessarily know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Are they playing? Are they yeah. trying to slam one into another? You know what I'm saying? There were two of so, them. So yeah, I mean, make it happen, Cap'n, as Carl once said, famously.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're saying know. that I should have not gone to get breakfast. I should have sh- stopped and helped them.
1: Home. No, no, you just want to incorporate that into your current life. Oh. Okay. You absolutely still need to go get your McGrills or, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever you may be doing. As long as there's no like duck sausage in there, then no, you're good. Yeah. You're good. No. Uh,
0: I have I have to say as uh maybe uh something I, I just need to get off my chest that I have had some duck mm-hmm. fat fries before. Um and although they were delicious, I do regret it at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. So look, we've all made mistakes. We've all eaten People in and around our lives. Wait, We've what? all been there.
0: <laughs> you've eaten people.
1: Yeah, you you're telling me you've never take a, <laughs> taken a cannibalism <laughs> cooking class? I haven't yet, but now I'll go. Are are you telling me you've never hunted the most dangerous game?
0: I I didn't know you were a hunter.
1: Reformed. Oh, okay. There you go. I hunt no longer. Quack quack. <laughs> So let the, let the record show for just in case somebody decides to make a, uh, an LTAS wiki. I am now working at a duck church uh-huh. worshiping a fictional cop, High Father. <laughs> that is now canon.
0: <laughs> you used to like duck titties. You reformed from that. You used to hunt. Mm-hmm. You reformed from that. You're leaving. Well, was, yeah, I used to hunt people, but not ducks, yeah. actually, which not, is interesting.
1: Yeah, right, yeah.
0: Um, but you were affirmed from that, and uh, now you're living your best life.
1: I'm doing my best to live my best life. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. That's so all I, can ask. I I say. I say all that to say I did see this with co workers. You did not see this in theaters. <laughs> It's important that we got all that out of the way, just so we know yeah. what, what, so we're all on equal footing here sure. of where we stand. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no, I didn't watch this in theaters. I uh, I waited. I wasn't that excited about it, especially, I think, after uh, Avengers, all um, oh, I can think is game now, but uh, Infinity War came out. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. this, this, as we've talked about, Ant-Man as a series is kind of more uh, in my eyes and I think your eyes like a spinoff of the main, even though it has like things to do with the main story of the Avengers, like canon. Uh, They're kind of like fun little asides, little adventures. And I was like, no, man, I really had my fill with Infinity War. I don't know where that's going to go. So I waited for video. But uh, once I watched it, uh, the first time, I was uh, pleasantly surprised So uh, how much I I liked it. Um, So I'm excited to talk about that today. And uh, before that, though, we have some more Avengers talk as well in the form of comics.
1: Absolutely. It's been a minute or two (laughs) since we've... uh, I was trying to think back. Into. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. All right, so um, that's can what I am trying I, to Can I jump me. in
0: here real quick? Kevin yes. Smith is filming, um, I can't remember even what it's called right now, but the, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, they're filming right yes, now. yeah. And uh, they've been posting YouTube videos of like production diaries and stuff. They did it for Clerks 2 way back in the day in like 2006. And uh, so we've been watching them, but uh, Jay was on camera. And he he let slip. He did a, you know, it's it, since we've been here, it's been a while. And he was like, it's been a while. As he walked away, and I was like, <laughs> he gets it. He's like me. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited.
1: Yes. It's something they've been doing on Comedy Bang Bang for a long time. Anytime oh, somebody yeah? says, it's been a while. Um, and then it got to a point where somebody would say, uh, they wouldn't say, it's been a while, but they'd say... Uh, yeah, it's been, and then uh, the host, Scott Ackerman, would be like, it's been, like, uh, <laughs> what was it, One Week by Bare Naked Ladies?
0: Oh, that's, good. that's And then
1: good. later on, he would combine the two, where he goes, it's been a while.
0: <laughs> that's kind of hard to change it up.
1: It is, yeah, it is, yeah. You did it well. That's, what, that's why my voice cracked. <clears throat> that's the only reason totally. why. I'm not going through puberty currently or anything. Absolutely not. No. But, uh, All yeah, right. Avengers. Yes, Avengers, issue thirteen. Um, we on this one, this is one of the standalone issues that ventures back to the origin of one of the Avengers one million years BC characters. So on this one it focuses on Iron Fist, and this is a female Iron Fist. She is the original Iron Fist here. And um it's really kind of just a, a quick story about um I believe her name is Fan Faye mm-hmm. in this. Um Oh, I should I should back up and say that the, uh, the story is by Jason Aaron and uh, Andrea Sorrentino does the line art with Justin Poncer and Eric Arsenaga as colorists and then Corey Pettit on letters. And um, so Andrea Sorrentino, he was the artist that did um, that part of. Avengers 700, where the Wasp goes to, I'm sorry, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, uh, goes to save Blade from that castle. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and there's some, like, really cool, like, horror-esque art there. Mm. This is the same artist, but uh, he's working with some different colorists here, so it, uh, gotcha. it looks a little bit different, but I liked it quite a bit. Um, anyways, so the character Fan Faye, she gets kicked out of the city of Kunlun, which is where the um, the... The Iron Fist um, mythos takes place. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an imaginary world that um, only links up with a certain spot in Earth every decade or so. Okay. So um, she was going outside of that kingdom and teaching the, the cavemen of that time, Kung Fu. Uh, one of the heads of the, the um, kingdom there finds out about it and kicks her out. Or No, she exec- execates. <clears throat> Excuse me, she executes uh, the cavemen mm-hmm. that taught the or she taught this um, just so the secrets of kung Fu can stay with them. Um, and they get thrown in this pit with the the dragon. Um, you know, I've only read this uh, word before. Uh, so let me see if I can try to pronounce this. I think it's like Sho Lao. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Shere Khan. Samson yep, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's way off. Uh, but they get thrown into this dragon. And she is not having it, so she jumps in there with him and punches right through this dragon's skull with her body. Yeah. And she ends up having a flaming, well, not flaming fists, I guess, but uh, I don't know, maybe. It's hard to tell because mm-hmm. on the Netflix series, Danny Rand, who is the current day Iron Fist, he has, like, glowy hands, but they don't have flames or, like, flame trails off of them like they do okay. in the comics little bit disappointing but um in this they they kind of flame but they're not necessarily like i don't think she can like set fire to things necessarily she's not like a yeah. human torch or whatever
0: yeah i was uh, i had a lot of confusion actually about this book i guess because i don't know mm-hmm. iron fist as well and um i i was kind of curious i can't remember what you had said is this a character that you like in general like iron fist
1: yeah yeah
0: okay so I, I don't know much about like him, the like current incarnation of that or whatever. But yeah. I wasn't too sold on this whole book. Like it was an okay like origin thing or whatever. But I was confused mm-hmm. because I was like, so she punches through this dragon and, and it it says something every time, like double hammer fist and exquisite doom, and, like all these mm-hmm. like weird, weird things. But then her, her hands were on fire and then she has like a tattoo on her hand from that, but like it doesn't ever catch anything on fire. And I I, I I was just very like, what is her power? They just glow sometimes. <laughs> she's, she talked about how she can make her knuckles into rock, like they are as hard as rocks, but I'm like, but you're iron fist, and you can punch through rocks. Like, it just, there's a lot of confusion by, on my part. So I didn't yeah. understand really what she could do. Uh, she's a badass. She, I get that. Yeah.
1: She's great at kung fu. She killed a dragon mm-hmm. who eventually comes back, and she has glowy, possibly flame hands. So she's okay. got super strong punching
0: so i got i got that much yeah sure yeah,
1: okay yeah so um after uh, she kills this dragon she gets kicked out of the the kingdom of Kunlun and uh she's just left to walk the earth for the rest of her days uh she punch fights a couple of wolves off screen here and uh wears one of them as a cloak uh, but eventually she uh gets a very skimpy like bathing suit type costume mm-hmm. uh that's also somewhat monk like And uh, she beats up a bunch of gorilla people. And Uh uh, one of them, she uses a technique called Krakatoa face exploder to punch this one's gorilla's (laughs) head. It it turns just to mist almost immediately, except for like maybe a a few teeth on the the bottom row there. Um, But but yeah, anytime she does like a a major hit or something like that, they Mm -hmm. list the technique or the the name of that particular attack on there. <laughs> Which is a, a a trope of the the Iron Fist okay. comics that that I like.
0: Uh, Drunken mongoose knife hand I liked in, uh, uh-huh. in particular though. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she, she uses that on the snake like Mephisto that shows yeah. up and tries to convince her to do uh, to uh, become ruler over all the cave people, and she was like, mm, not feeling it, no. not feeling it. Chop.
0: Yeah, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there. That was kind of cool because it's like all these different heads keep popping up out of the fire. And then after that, she's just like, I lit no more fires. And I was like, oh, wow, you're living in a, you have a bathing suit on in the middle of a frozen wasteland <laughs> with no fire, but like you have fire hands. Maybe you can warm yourself up that way. I don't know. I don't want to place limitations on her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Look, you do you, <laughs> yeah. you know, what's best for you. Also these, uh, uh
0: these yeah. gor- gorillas, um, it, I thought it was a misspelling on one of them, but it does it over and over again. They are actually, it, it ca- keeps calling them the gorgillas. Did you notice yeah, that? Like the, what, I think what it's the, the
1: king. The king <laughs> okay. with the, the crystal club. The,
0: the main one.
1: Uh, yeah. He shouts, Gorgilla. Gorgilla. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, that, that seems like a typo. But um, then later somebody else says it. Um, yeah. And Gorgunga. And uh, yeah, so she's essentially like fighting King Kong in this, gotcha. this one uh, thing where she's, man, she's just like fucking this gorilla up. Yeah. Uh, this Gorg- Gorgilla guy. And uh, she destroys his diamond club that he used to, uh, to rule over all the other gorillas and uh, help save some of the cave people there. Um, and then one of the gorillas, he finds the power stone, the, uh, one of the infinity stones, and becomes like part crystal, mm-hmm. fights the iron fist, and uh, she gets fucked up. And uh, I guess she lives to tell the tale. I don't know if he's, that gorilla is still out there somewhere or what happened to him. Uh, but she goes back to the kingdom of Kunlun because it's been a decade. It reappears on earth and she's welcomed. Yeah. She's welcomed back into the kingdom and she's like, nah, that's, uh, that's not for me. I got other, other shit to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, little did she know that she would eventually become part of the 1 million years BC Avengers and, uh, and, uh, form a legacy from there. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. I I did like how this ends. Uh, we're going to use two lines. It says, uh, "Gods help me. I had no idea how many, how many would have to fall beneath my blood-drenched fists before it could be finished, if it ever really finished at all." And I've mm-hmm. been—I'll uh, get kind of into this when we talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I've been watching some of the other uh, Avengers movies and stuff lately, and that's one of the kind of reoccurring themes that I've been seeing a lot too. Is that um, like Tony wants like peace in our time? You know, he wants like they want to stop fighting, but it's it's kind of like th- they'll never really have that chance. It's always going to be protecting the Earth. I thought that was kind of cool even back then she was like I don't know if this will ever end I'll always have to like keep keep going or whatever so uh, I liked how it ended with that and it shows like all the the stuff in her future essentially all the different Avengers she's you know, about to to be a part of and everything so yeah um, but yeah I, I thought this book was was okay to me um mm-hmm. I, I, I I it had been a little bit since we had uh, mm-hmm. last read and I'm kind of excited to get back to the uh, modern day stories and everything these little ones are, are kind of fun but um, I'm more excited about like the the modern Avengers that they're following, especially because the next one is called. It says the War of the Vampires begins, and I was like, "Yes, please!" So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for that.
1: That'll bring us back to the present day where Blade has joined the yeah. roster of seven uh, or eight, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that that will uh, will be good, and that I believe leads us right into the War of the Realms, mm. uh, which I think we are going to discuss on the show. Yeah, cool. So it's. Going to be the Avengers issues plus the main event series War of the Realms uh, that ties in almost the entire Marvel universe from what I can tell from the uh, upcoming solicitations for those issues. So Sweet. yeah, it should be should be pretty fun. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so should we jump over to the main topic at hand? Let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so we are going to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp again from last year, and. Uh, go over some uh, some of our thoughts on that mm-hmm. and of course there is a uh, both a mid-credits and post-credits scene on this uh which we will get to so if you've not seen this movie uh how because uh, it's been <laughs> out for a while uh, yeah it's, it's a it was a major release maybe you're not any of these movies but then mm-hmm. again why are you listening to this why you listen to any of these episodes <laughs> So, um, it is on Netflix right now. So if you want to pause it here and go check it out and then come back, feel free to do so. But I'm sure we will delve into spoilers. So, Mm -hmm. uh, just assume from this point forward, we will spoil the hell out of this. Absolutely. um, do you have the, the cast and crew and whatnot pulled up there?
0: I do. So this was, uh, directed by Peyton Reed again, who had done the first Ant-Man movie. And, uh, it was written by a a bunch of people. There's like five different authors on there, but, um, Paul Redd was a part of that, um, which I think kind of helped this movie. Um, I assume most of the comedy or a lot of the comedy and stuff was probably part of that. But I'm kind of curious to see what else he might have done with that. But um, another one that was that jumped on here was Chris McKenna. And I was particularly looking at him because he um, at least helped on the screenplay of Spider-Man Homecoming. He was one of the people on that, and I also heard that he cool. kind of punched up jokes on that one. So I, I did once I uh, had seen this. Um, he did um, in 2017. He did the Lego Batman movie, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle that he had all a part of at least. And it, so it seems like he uh, has this. There's a certain style to that, I guess that uh, that appeals mm-hmm. to me. And um, I felt this watching Ant-Man of the Wasp, knowing that I was like, oh, I kind of see like how it's akin to Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh Final mm-hmm. kind of Homecoming I think is a much better movie um and a more interesting character, you know, obviously for, for both of us especially, but um yeah. I was like I can see kind of the parallels of how they did like the comedy and stuff uh in there. So like that. Um and then starring this had Paul Rudd back as Scott Lang slash Ant-Man, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne and uh the wasp, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh mm-hmm. michael peña back as lewis or Luis, uh he's so funny um had walter uh, walton goggins as Sonny bird she's kind of a, a low-level uh villain in this i guess um let's see we have hannah john uh Kamen as ada star or and ghost who is the main villain uh abby Ryder Fortson as cassie uh lang's daughter scott's daughter um i love her to death she is like the cutest thing um, Randall Park as Jimmy Wu, the FBI agent that works with Scott, mm-hmm. who was yeah. fucking great in this. He's one of my favorite like comedic elements in it. Uh, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, makes her first appearance as Janet Van Dyne, uh, the first Wasp and Hope's mom, uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Bill Foster. And then Michael Douglas came back as Hank Pym.
1: Mm-hmm. And every time I watch this movie, which, well, every time I've, I've seen it, uh, this is my third time watching this okay. movie. Um, and the first time I didn't know, obviously, but, um, the, the two times since I've seen this, both times I'm like, man, I can't believe you have to wait so long to find out Michelle Pfeiffer is in this. And then both times I'm like, oh, yeah, she's like right at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> because it's a, a flashback to, uh, I think Hank is telling the story of yeah. um, how um, how Janet was lost. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I guess he's discussing that with with Hope at yeah. the beginning of the movie. But yeah, it's a flashback to uh, when Hope is young, maybe eight or so Mm -hmm. seven eight something like that and um my my note on this is marvel has this de-aging thing down like it looks so good yes and and maybe like 10 20 years from now we'll look back on this and be like oh how did we ever believe that but like Mm -hmm. at this point in 2019 like it looks really good yeah going back to um what was it uh civil war where they Mm -hmm. de-aged tony oh my god Uh, yeah Oh, and actually, you know, the first Ant-Man movie where they de-aged Michael Douglas. Uh-huh. Yeah. That looked good too. Yeah. So um yeah, it's just I, I don't know how they do it. Um, it's cool. I don't know that they could necessarily pull off resurrecting like a deceased actor like the the Star mm-hmm. Wars films try to do, but yeah. As far as like de aging actual, like currently living actors, I think they do a, a pretty damn good job.
0: Yeah, I think um what 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 I've seen of this and I read some about I can't remember the company's name right now, but the the one that, that worked on that de aging process they since they have these actors from movies in the '80s specifically, they were able to like use those as reference points. So they used uh, Michael Douglas's character from Wall Street as his main like uh, age range they wanted to aim for. So he would like mm. act in it now, and then they would use that and like de-age it. But uh, one of the guys that runs that company specifically said that Michelle Pfeiffer was really easy because she's barely aged. Like she looks so good still <laughs> that it didn't like That's take him. much, right? Uh, um, yeah. I can't remember what movie they went back to for her, but, um, Lawrence Fishburne in this, um, God, I'm going to forget what it's called right now. There's a Lawrence Fishburne movie, um, from like right at like the end of the eighties, early nineties that I had seen like years and years ago. And when I saw him on screen this time again, I was like, Oh my God, he looks like he stepped out of that movie. And that was the movie they used as a reference point.
1: Oh, um, um uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse that was- <laughs> where he was the mailman. That's what it was. <laughs> okay, yeah. <what>? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what they used. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it's the Jerry Girl. Fascinating. Yep. No, uh, yeah, he, he plays a movie about a cop who goes undercover and gets like embroiled in all this drug stuff. Ah, I'm losing it right
1: now. But anyway, yeah. Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. He's pretending to be a mailman. <laughs> I am telling you. Oh
0: my god. But um, <laughs> but they they also used his son as a stand-in for him because his son. Um, they talked about like how they would have to correct their posture as part of it, because hmm. um, oh, when really? they get older, I guess you get slumped over. I don't know. But they talked about how they would like correct their posture and that kind of helps sell the whole idea of it, uh, which was really interesting. But um, but it was I was like Lawrence Fishburne, especially like I was like, man, he looks like straight out of that movie, uh, which was really cool. So uh, but yeah, I, I'd written a note about that, too, that it is still like astonishing looking. It is so good.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to see the cracks and like maybe if you look real hard at it, you can see or you can tell that part of it's CGI or whatever. But it just like the the performance is there yeah like you can tell it's the, the 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 same actor but they're just man they're it just younger. it just works so well and and I'm curious as to um younger people that are, are seeing this mm. like uh, maybe people that are just now turning you know 18 19 or, or, or younger kids that are just now seeing this if they would even recognize like um like they would know Michael Douglas as Hank Pym in this but would they realize that that's like a de-aged version of mm-hmm. Michael Douglas if it's if it wasn't in this movie like if they just yeah. saw a a picture of Michael Douglas outside of this film would they realize that was that was him mm-hmm. maybe that's a terrible example because, no i yeah, i don't know uh, he's a super famous actor <laughs> uh, but you know uh he he's essentially like shaved or clean-shaven in in the flashbacks and everything mm-hmm. and um i don't know i don't know where i was going with any of this well it
0: it looks pretty natural and i wonder like i i grew up with these people in that age you know like we we did we had movies we watched these movies with these people mm-hmm. and then now they've been older and go, we've been seeing the movies so maybe like a younger person not having that experience of them like i wonder what it looks like or maybe not like like you're saying like maybe like they wouldn't know who they were but like is it as astonishing to them if you didn't grow yeah, up I with that you know
1: yeah that's what i, I guess yeah. what I Uh, eventually going to make my way to... I had like another half hour to get there, but yeah. You've summed it up Take your time, take
0: your time. um, And there's another one coming up that I'm excited about. There's a trailer during the Oscars uh, for The Irishman, which is Martin Scorsese's new Netflix movie, and they are using uh, it's like De Niro and Joe Pesci and some other people, I can't remember, but they're using de-aging process on them, like I think for the whole movie. And the trailer that they showed, though, they only showed, it was like I can't remember what it was, like a black screen mostly and then like some little things here and there, but um, they just had them talking. And so it was kind of like, oh, are we going to see them like in their, their DAG makeup? And they, then they didn't show it. So it like teased it really well. And I'm excited to see how that works because it's supposed to be like an entire process, not just like a few scenes. And it's like weird to think in a world where like, I don't know what I think about it almost, but it's like Robert De Niro had his point in time where he was a young actor and he made those movies mm-hmm. and now we have new actors that could fill those roles. But if you could have Robert De Niro back and he could look young again and that fit the yeah. story, do we do that? Like, is that a better thing? If, if it looks like indistinguishable, like, is it like a good thing or not? I don't know. Like, it's definitely cool to watch on these little wow. things, but I don't know what to think about it overall.
1: I, I guess I missed that, that commercial. Cause I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you are the first person I'm hearing this from. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that sounds pretty badass, though. Yeah. Um, Especially with uh, directors like Scorsese, whom I don't, I don't know. Has he ever directed like a big like sci-fi like anything that's been special effects intensive? I always think of his his stuff being more like, yeah, um, intimate and real world based. Man, I have a hard time saying that. <laughs> I really do. He did. uh um, world.
0: I wouldn't say so. Like so much sci-fi that I know, but th- he did that movie a few years ago. Um, Zathura. <laughs> he did that movie with. Um, Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, it's like a, an old timey movie thing. It was in 3d. It was like right after avatar came out. Um, people loved it. I didn't like it at all. Um, but it, it had like a lot of, almost the entire movie was like digital, but so it was all effects and stuff. And it was all like the 3d and how it looks, but it was, it was meant to be, it was a film about, um, films essentially when they first came about in the turn of the century and how they kind of revolutionized things. And then this was like, oh, this is how 3D and digital, you know, we can like fly through clocks and do all these different things. But to me, it was like overdone. It was like, he was like, I have an open playground. And that's like, yeah, you do. You don't need to use it all the time. (laughs) You need to do things that are like grounded in reality a little bit. But, uh, so he's done. Let's let's
1: shit down this slide. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wait, what? (laughs) So there's, uh, yeah. So he's had at least that, that, uh, he's like toyed with it and everything. But this one seems like it's kind of like his other movie. I don't know a whole lot about the story for the Irishman, but. It's, I think it's supposed to be like a a gang, uh, not a gang, but like the mafia type movie that they've done before, you know, but Mm -hmm. with these, this like de-aging effect there too. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that project turns out.
1: That's exciting to me that, um, this technology has been invented for, I don't know, necessarily for the MCU and stuff like that. But I mean, CGI has progressed to the point where you can have a character like Thanos show up in the MCU and be a convincing character. But mm. then directors like Scorsese is like, well, let's do this with existing living actors and age them, and we could just keep them yeah. in the conversation for for a longer time, you know. And yeah. like, what if this movie is like so good it is up for an Oscar or something mm-hmm. to that effect, you know? Like, that would be incredible if yeah. they use that for for that purpose. Yeah, it'd be I don't really, know. That's yeah. that's an exciting premise to me.
0: I know, and so I'm excited for the premise. I'm just I'm. I don't know, like, at, at what point does it become, like, you can use actors outside of their uh, younger prime to be younger actors again. And then, like, at what point is it just completely indistinguishable to have a fake actor? Like, you know, we have CGI characters, like, like Thanos and a lot of this different, like, mocap stuff that we have out right now. But um, there's still, like, sometimes you can, like, see it. But you can have it to where it could be a completely fake thing. And that won't be. That's not too far off and what does that do whenever it's like oh we don't need actors to do this because we can literally make this fake thing do whatever we want it to do um mm-hmm. run however fast we need it to run or whatever like it's always expanding that way but eventually like will we even need real actors or will everybody just be voice actors you know like it's it's a weird uh weird weird place to be and like see where we're going to go with that so we'll see
1: look i just want to get to the point where Rocket Raccoon hosts the Academy Awards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> voiced by Bradley Cooper. He's just like sitting in the audience, front row. He has yep. like a microphone in front of him, maybe some reading glasses mm-hmm. for all the dialogue. I just think that that would be the best way to go. That's what the inevitability is. That's what we're heading toward.
0: And I would be okay if we wanted to bring back a host and it was Rocket Raccoon. I'm for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hope... That uh, Lady Gaga comes back, and Rocket Raccoon and Lady Gaga sing Shallow, and he has to <laughs> hop up on her stool, and they <laughs> nuzzle together. <laughs> That's what I want to
1: see. Tell me something good, you idiot. <laughs> yeah.
0: I looked up uh, the movie I was talking about from Scorsese. It was Hugo from 2011.
1: Hugo. I don't know okay. if you ever saw
0: that, but uh, no, I've kind of forgotten about it. It was, it was a big deal at the time, but uh, I was like, mm. yeah, it's okay. So
1: yeah it yeah it didn't seem like anything that i would want to watch yeah so I there you go it. but uh anyway
0: back to a man of the wasp
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we don't really have a lot to say about this movie <laughs> <laughs>
0: look my notes compared to like any of the fast and furious so far are about half, half yep, of what i ever had yeah um i i will say i guess that uh as i said whenever i first watched it i wasn't that excited i didn't go to the theater for it but when i finally saw it i was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a lot of fun. It actually stuck in my mind and I ended up watching it like part of it again, like a month later. And I was like, man, that was a lot of fun. And that's mostly what I put in my notes is, and it's kind of hard to like write notes and like talk about them. Cause I was just like, that was a funny line. That's pretty much what I said like over and over <laughs> yeah, again. Right, yeah. Um, I yeah. like how, how silly it is and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's really, they're really yeah. inventive these films with like all the tiny stuff and like, especially like going in between like fight scenes and the driving scenes where they go from like small to big. But, um, as I was going through the movie, I just got more and more bored overall, and uh, yeah. I was writing notes, but I was kind of on my iPad, and just like trying to get through it a little bit. But uh, I still had fun with it, but it's, it just doesn't live up quite to the rest of the MCU to me. So,
1: yeah, I, I like some of the performances in this, mm-hmm. but overall, it's uh, it's a fine movie. I mean, yeah. it's okay, you know, yeah. like it's it's not offensive. It's yeah. it's it seems very safe to me. Um, mm-hmm. You can certainly watch this with children. There's uh, there's no curse words, even though it's a PG-13 movie. Or, I'm sorry, no uh, F bombs, even mm-hmm. though it's a PG-13 movie. But characters do say shit in it on occasion. But otherwise, I mean, it's it's mostly family friendly. Yeah. There's some some violence in there. Yeah. Um, but
0: in America, we don't care. Am about
1: I, about I just it? like talking myself down off this ledge, <laughs> off the family friendly <laughs> ledge? sure there's okay maybe there's people saying shit but otherwise oh no no and then uh people uh do die in this movie uh also uh yeah, there's,
0: there's fisting
1: things. uh <laughs> long scenes of fisting um
0: there's fisting in throats
1: yeah yeah absolutely Which is a new thing so i haven't seen before <laughs> throat fisting <Yeah. laughs> um but yeah i mean like overall it's a uh uh I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to like get into it. And I, I think part of the issue with it for me is the Ant-Man movies have just like horrible release timing. They just come out at yes. like the worst, almost the worst possible time for the MCU timeline. Mm-hmm. Like the first Ant-Man movie came out between um, Age of Ultron and Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. So it was the last movie in phase two, I believe. Mm-hmm. And bad. Age of Ultron, it introduced all these new characters and you had these... Big stakes, and you can say what you want about the the quality of the movie, but it's still like there's a lot of um, um, action. It's very like action focused. Uh There's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of characters first of all, and then you also have a lot of characters and high stakes and civil war. And right in between, you've got Ant Man. Yeah, Ant Man, (laughs) Scott Lang, Ant Man. Uh, Like it's a very small movie, and I. I'm trying not to hold that against the movie itself because it's not it's not Peyton Reed's fault that this movie yep. came out when it did or or the, the original fault. Ant movie came out. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, hey Kevin. Hey man, you're not doing any favors here. <laughs> we got a bone to be with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that really threw me off both times that it like it mm-hmm. comes out like right after like a major Avengers movie a major Avengers movie whenever mm-hmm. like the stakes are so high especially this last one and then uh this came out and it was like what (laughs)
1: like how is it
0: even gonna fit in there and then you find out it's it's basically before that um and 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 i don't know like they just really feel kind of like lackluster that way because they come after like such big things so it just doesn't i don't know where it's supposed to fit i don't know where i would have put them either anyway but where they put them is kind of weird to me so both times yeah
1: yeah you've got this movie coming out after the snap yeah and you're like what
0: What's happening
1: <laughs> you don't find out till uh, till uh, one of the uh, the post credit scenes but we'll we'll get to that mm. but um so i I do want to mention the uh the opening well not the opening scene the uh the scene after uh the flashback is uh uh Scott Lang and Cassie going on yes. a little heist a mini heist in his house because he's on house arrest from the uh the shenanigans of civil war mm. he uh he got to come back in a um, an agreement with the uh, American and and German governments, but he has to be on house arrest for two years. So that's where he's been. He cannot leave his home. Uh, So he's built a tunnel of sorts uh, from cardboard and, and other props, I guess Mm -hmm. um, where he and Cassie can essentially go in a, uh, what looks like an underground um, like ant tunnel Mm -hmm. at first, Uh, they're going through there and then it goes into a, a building. They still, (laughs) one of the greatest uh trophies of all time which uh cassie got for scott um and uh you'd think it would be a a world's greatest dad trophy but it's in fact world's greatest grandma uh (laughs) and that comes up later in the movie as well um and uh, it's just a a fun little scene um is there he helps operate one of the uh the i'd say animatronic ants but it's just like cobbled (laughs) together (laughs) and eventually they uh, they have to go through the uh, the tunnel and uh, there's a little like ant shaped sled they they ride out of the uh the house itself and then down the stairs uh on the outside of the home and uh eventually they hit the bottom and Scott's foot goes through the fence outside of the uh electric perimeter and that's when we meet Jimmy Wu who is the the head of I guess the FBI there yep. yeah
0: yeah falling up on he comes
1: yeah comes through and um when I heard Randall Park was going to play Jimmy Woo, I thought, oh, this will be a turn, because in the comics, Jimmy Woo is more of a uh, um, a serious character. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, this will like test his acting chops, but mm. no, he's a, he's a comedic presence yeah. in this movie. And I'm totally fine with it, because I like Randall Park, yeah. and I like what he does with this with this character. Um, I, I almost feel like every character in this movie is funny, and mm-hmm. that might be a little bit of a detriment to this particular franchise because it's, it's like, uh, it's hard to tell what the the stakes are and when things get serious or not. Mm. Like Michael Douglas does a pretty good job of of remaining serious throughout most of it. But um, it's just like all the calamity around him um, is a little bit bonkers. And Hope has, uh, she can go back and forth. Sometimes she's serious. Sometimes she's um, uh, likes to to play around a, a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird because at the it's like I feel both ways about it. Like sometimes I am I'm watching it and it's like oh I love how everybody's just so funny. They do a lot of um, like exposition and foreshadowing that's like really in your face. Like it's like they're making fun of it, um, and it, it's fun. But then it also like it's hard. Like you said, it's it's just hard to like realize the stakes of it sometimes. Um, so it's like I like it, but it's different than the rest of the MCU in that way and. I'm not sure it services the story that much, but then it's just like, it's just fun to see like Paul Rudd be so charming as he always is, you know, like yeah, he's great in it. Michael Pena is great in it. Um, uh, Randall Park. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Like uh, kind of going along with our joke earlier about you. It's uh, in your new job uh, rather mm-hmm. than not a joke, but uh, your actual nope. real job um, mm-hmm. that he's like trying to explain to Cassie, like what happened. And it's basically like to show the audience, like why is Scott under house arrest? And it goes through like this incredibly long adult conversation about like how he broke the Sokovia chords and how they like locked him in there for two years and blah blah blah. And then Scott's like, "Well, you're really great with kids," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm actually uh, also youth pastor." And it's right. like it's funny. <laughs> and they showed all that they were able to just, like show all this exposition, just tell all this exposition for like a really long time and get it all out and be like, "Oh, that's where we are. Cool." And they mm-hmm. move on and it's they joke about it in that way, but. If you put that in Civil War, say, it'd be like, this doesn't fit at all. You know? Yeah. Um, but I also like, like I said, I like how inventive the movie is um, from the, the cardboard thing that he makes and that that slide, which is amazing. Um, it like spirals down the stairs, like you said, and then outside on the stairs and everything. Like, it's just so cool. Um, to how they fit things in where why Scott like went to go help Captain America, Cap, as we call him. Um, yeah. And then like he's having a conversation with Hope Van Dyne and, and she's like, pissed at him because they were dating basically at that time and he just left and she's like why didn't you tell me like i we could have been there together and you wouldn't have gotten caught and it's like oh man we could have had the wasp in that scene too like they could have they could have just had her in civil war and it's like they didn't need any more characters necessarily in civil war they had so many people already but I like how they fit this into the story there of like, why wasn't she there? Well, he didn't ask her, he had to go like right away. Oh, he stole the suits, so and now they're pissed at them because they think he destroyed it and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it all yeah. works really well. I think it's pretty well done for like how it fits in. I just still like, can't put it in the main canon all the way, like I still am like, oh, it's a cool spinoff and it has like cool ties to it, but there's just something different about it. And, uh, and it, I like it for what it is, but it's it's just not one of my favorites overall.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, let's uh, let's talk about some of the, uh, the other characters in this because I just like on my notes here I would normally put like oh like when this happens or this yeah. is really a really cool shot and on this one I've just got like character names Yeah. so um, Walton Goggins as Sonny Birch um, Sonny Birch I believe is a, a character from the comics but I don't think he's uh, I don't necessarily think he has, like, any powers or anything like that. I think he's probably Mm. just, like, a businessman kind of, like, in this movie. But Walton Goggins, um, I like quite a bit. He was on the TV show (laughs) The Shield, which I loved. Oh, okay. I was on FX back in the day. And uh, I just, man, I just think he's such a great actor. And to see him, like, be comedic in this one um, is, uh, I thought that was really fun. Really, like, different side of what I'm used to seeing. With him as an actor, mm-hmm. I know he was on that uh, TV show Justified, I never really watched that, so I don't know what his character looked like there. But um, in this one, it was cool to see him. He was like a a Southern gentleman that yeah. lives in L.A. or, or yeah. San Francisco, I guess. Yeah. Um,
0: but uh, uh, connect to that. So yeah, yeah,
1: he he's got a nice uh, tie and pocket square combo throughout the movie. That's cool. Um, he's got some henchmen as well. One of them, an Indian guy. Uh, and, uh, he has truth serum, but it's not truth serum, but yeah. it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a fun scene where, uh, Sonny Birch's people run up on the ex crew, which is, uh-huh. uh, Louise, um, man, I can't think of the other ones, but, uh, uh the other characters names, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, David Dasmolchen is one of them. He's like the, the Russian guy. What?
0: His name is Kurt. And then the uh, T.I. plays
1: Dave. Curt and Dave, okay.
0: So pretty simple.
1: <laughs> All right. Not a whole lot. Well, they 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 really uh, spent some time on those names, huh? All right, Curt and Dave. Uh, but I I like those the the trio of those characters, um, Louise, Curt, and Dave. I think they really play well yeah. off each other. Um, it, it seems like Ti has a. Um, I know him as a more like serious rapper, but it seems mm-hmm. like he's really having fun with this particular role. Yeah. Um, and he does a pretty good job there. I always um, forget
0: it's Ti. Until I read the credits, really? I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's Ti." Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember like his music a little bit, but I never really saw yeah. him a lot. And so I totally he just like he's just that character now to me, like because yeah. he's not even in it a whole lot, you know. He's just like this funny yeah. other character, so like a
1: supporting character, yeah, yeah, yeah. a supporting character for the supporting character, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So um, when the 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 two crews come together, um, I think it's really funny when the they administer the truth serum to Luis and uh, Ti. Or I'm sorry, Dave. Dave says, "You put the dime in. You got to let the record play." Yeah. Uh, he's just going to talk for a long time. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Luis
0: is really like, he's a great actor, uh, Michael Pena. But uh, this yeah. role, I think, is like really well done for him. Like he fits yeah. it really well. That scene is hilarious because he just keeps like going, and that the way they they show those scenes in both movies are really funny how he just like tells he's like intertwining stories with all these characters that told someone that told someone that told someone or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, there's another scene too, right after, uh, Scott goes down the slide and Luis pokes his head up. Cause he's gonna have a meeting and he's like, I'm feeling all right about it. I'm feeling all right. You know, like my heart is beating really fast and that like, my hands are sweaty, but like, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't think it's related. And yeah. he just has like <laughs> such good timing with this character. So, yeah.
1: And on that same scene, uh, um, Scott says, no, you're okay. Remember, you're the boss. And he's like, yeah, I'm the boss. (laughs) I'm the boss. I'm the boss. boss." And he just like slowly (laughs) retracts his head back from the window. It's so funny. (laughs) It's so good. Um, And uh, let's talk about uh, the Wasp. We actually get to see Hope Van Dyne as the Wasp in this. And uh, man, she kicks fucking ass. Mm -hmm. Like it really makes me wish that she was in that first movie because Mm -hmm. you know she was going to be awesome. She's just so like um, determined and just like good at being this character, this, this, uh, superhero. Um, she's got the shrinking powers down to a science. Almost. She has the wings. She has the blasters. Um, she knows, um, how to fight. She's just great. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to the wasp showing up in later MCU movies. Yeah. That'd be cool. What all she's contracted for. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, man, I I just like that character overall. Um, the the scene where she first puts on the costume, uh, where she meets Sunny Birch and uh, things go awry, she comes back in with the the wasp costume and uh, starts kicking everyone's asses, and uh, she eventually flies up in the the chandelier yeah. there, and uh, it's it's getting blasted to uh to shit, and uh, there's a shot where it, it the camera zooms in and shows her just like. Uh, kind of kneeling on the chandelier piece there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that's so cool. I, I don't, there's something about that shot that just like yeah, cool. clicks with me that I like quite a bit.
0: I was going to bring that chandelier up too whatever you're we talking about him being a Southern gentleman. Cause he, they're all shooting it and he's like, guys, guys, that's like a 200 year old chandelier. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. <does> stop
1: shooting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. She's uh she's really awesome at her fighting and stuff, but like, she's so inventive too. Like when she uh, mm-hmm. throws that, uh, like in, uh, the whole scene in the kitchen, After she's like chasing those guys down, they do a lot of fun stuff in there. But uh, she throws like the salt shaker and like and makes it like get big, and the guy just like hits it and falls back or whatever. Um, Just very cool. She she really like has a good grasp of her powers and what she can do Mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, and it's really cool to see her. Yeah,
1: that was also one of my notes for this movie, and something that I alluded to when uh, I first saw this and we talked about it briefly on the podcast. Uh, Didn't want to spoil anything Mm -hmm. because you hadn't seen it yet, but uh, since we're going to uh, be discussing the movie in depth here yeah. um one of the things i liked about this movie is that you kind of get the best of both worlds with the powers on this mm-hmm. so um you get new powers uh, that relate to one of the the shrinking characters so for the wasp in particular she can you know shrink and and uh, grow just like um scott can mm-hmm. uh, we don't see her become like giant size but otherwise you know normal size and then shrink down Um, but she can also do, um, she can fly. She has the, the, the blasters, like Mm. I mentioned, and, um, she's, it seems like she's able to like enlarge things a little bit easier Mm. than, than Scott can. Like he has to like take something out of his belt and like throw it at another thing. Um, whereas Hope can just like fire something directly out of her, her blasters or whatever and and get it taken care of. Um, it's just more efficient. So, so we have kind of a new twist on some of those abilities from the, the first movie that we saw but with a different character. But then for Scott, since uh, Hank worked on that new suit for him and he said it's a work in progress, we yeah. also get the aspect of like malfunctioning, shrinking powers and how that works. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's just, funny. Uh, yeah. He's I, like I, I liked a both sides of that.
0: Size <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Like he's like trying to get Cassie's uh, backpack and he keeps like jumping. He's like, mm-hmm. huh, huh, and she's like, oh, you're almost there. You can right. do it. Or whatever. That was inventive too. I thought that was fun. Uh, yeah. And it was fun to see, like, it uh, malfunction. Like, he's in the, they're in that, like, janitor's closet, and he accidentally gets, like, really big. And he's all scrunched up, and she has to, like, crawl over his lap and, like, open his belt and, like, try to make him smaller again and everything. Um, mm. Yeah, so that was that was fun. Um, uh, do you want to, since that scene first, you, we first see Ghost, we don't know who Ghost really is. Do you want to go ahead and dive mm-hmm. into the, the villain of this as well?
1: Sure, sure.
0: Um, so... MCU, you know, sometimes has problems with, with villains. Uh, this one I I think has its problems as well. There are some really cool things. Um, I like the suit a lot. I think it's pretty, pretty cool looking. Um, and this new, like, it's kind of a mystery at first about who is, who is this person and, uh, the fact that they can like phase through matter. So, uh, instead of like shrinking and growing bigger or whatever, it's like, she can just go through things, whatever. They can just go through things. Um, and it was, it's pretty cool. Um, I think, like, the to propel the story along, it's pretty good. But uh, once we actually get to know her story, I'm not, like, sold on it 100%. Um, it just seems kind of, like, again, like a, a to me, like, a lackluster villain. I almost was watching this and thinking that, like, I wish... Kind of like the first Ant-Man 2, which I thought they had kind of a weak villain, that I'm like... Th- like you said, this these aren't, like, Avengers movies. They're not as, like, action-heavy. They have a lot of action things in them, but they're not, like, tons of characters fighting all the time, whatever... And I almost wish they just really were dedicated to being like heist movies almost like I yeah. kind of wish they would have gone outside the box and not even had a traditional villain. Like maybe you could have uh, Walton Groggin's co- character that's like, you know, thwarting them in some way here and there or whatever. But, um, I, and I think the story works and I, I like it um, and everything, but uh, I almost was like, you know what? I don't really need like the villain to be here. Uh, I kind of just want to see them like do their thing and they're, yeah. they're on the run. They're, like, trying to find Hope's mom. They're, like, doing the stuff already. There's already enough to propel the plot along that I was like, I don't really need all this other stuff kind of muddying the waters, so.
1: Yeah. Um, I like Ghost as a character in in the comics. In the comics, he's, like, a... Ghost is, a like, a creepy old man. Okay. Um, he, he Way works, different. It, yeah. Uh, he is... Uh, what, what am I trying to say? He, he does, like, corporate sabotage and stuff like okay. that. There was a, a point where... Um, he was, uh, he was like infiltrating Tony Stark's, um, businesses and like stealing secrets and stuff like that. And I thought that's kind of what we were going to get where the ghost character was going to, um, steal some of Pym's mm. uh, secrets and, and end up send, selling that to the highest bidder. Um, and I'm, I find that they went a different direction with it and I have no problem with the, the casting, you know, the gender swap at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the, the, I I wasn't like super compelled by the, the backstory mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, um, I don't know if it was, I don't I don't really under, know quite why I, I feel that way about it or don't mm-hmm. feel a certain way about it. But it's just like yeah, it's I mean, it's as a villain. <laughs> <I suppose>. like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's a a turn, and again, spoilers for for this movie. But I do like at the end that ghost does not die and mm-hmm. she in fact is cured, and she's allowed to go on. Like the yeah. character can potentially show up later down the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she would necessarily have her abilities. Yeah, I guess since, she could fight, Since the but yeah. she,
0: that was kind of inherent to her being at that point. Mm-hmm. Like the suit was actually helping her stay unfazed, I guess. So without yeah. like, whenever she's fixed, like she's probably, like, it was just done for, like she can't do mm-hmm. that stuff anymore. So I guess she's just like, they should just like flash to her, like in Ant Man 3 or whatever, and she's just like on a beach, just like living her life, <laughs> just like able to relax, you know? <laughs> she, she did enough. <laughs> um, but also, we find out, um, you know, later on when they're they're trying to find, because she's stolen some of their tech and stuff, and they're trying to figure out like how to find it. And they end up going to see Lawrence Fishburne, who we find out is a, like a professor, but he was an old colleague of Hank Penn's, who uh, Hank kind of discredited and everything. And uh, and I like I I we get a little bit you know the the de aging of of Lawrence Fishburne like we talked about but um, we find out like because I don't know again much about the comics and stuff but Bill Foster uh, was part of Project Goliath and so he and Scott started yeah, having yeah. that talk about how he used to he was trying to be like big. Uh, he mm-hmm. got to like, what, like 20 feet or whatever. And
1: then 21, yeah, 21.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then Scott's yeah. like 68 or something like that.
1: Well, I, I like how he plays it off. He's like, Oh yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. And then <laughs> yeah. he just like, eh, you know, I, I grew up yeah, a little bit as well. He's yeah. like, how much was it? He's like,
0: nah, you know, I don't, know. Like, don't
1: tell me 65 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like, it, it leads into
0: a good thing with, with, uh, uh, I'm trying to hope. Yeah, hope. Yeah. Uh, Whenever she's she's like, all right, if we're done comparing sizes, you know, another another good joke in there and everything. But um, mm-hmm. you don't really get to see much with with Lawrence Fishburne's character. Like, um, I I kind of I've heard that they might do like a prequel or like Michael Douglas at least would like to be involved in a prequel. And I think that Ant Man to me, if we keep seeing these flashbacks to like there was an Ant Man um, and a wasp, you know, back in the like 60s or whatever, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, uh, or a seventies or something. Uh, I I want to almost see that more. Like I like Scott and I like the modern stuff, but that's one, if it's going to be like kind of separate from the canon a little bit, like we've talked about, then I kind of just want to see like, what were those, you know, what were those adventures like? And seeing like a a young Goliath like that would have been more cool to me maybe than seeing like giant Scott Lang Ant-Man that we get to see. Uh, or we see both. So I, I hope that if we if they do go forward, they get to do either bigger flashbacks or uh, more of like a prequel story because I would dig that. Um, but it's – you don't really get a whole lot with him. You find out that he's essentially helping Ghost, trying to fix right. her and stuff. And again, that, that storyline is just – it's okay. It does It's just not very compelling to me. Um, the fact that she was like exposed to this like radiation when she was a child because her dad was trying to do stuff and then – he is like a discredited guy that used to work with Hank Pym and he's, they're both just kind of pissed at Hank Pym and yeah. helping each other out or whatever. And I was just like, okay, they're the villains. You know, yeah. like, there they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think
1: part of what might hinder this particular franchise is, yeah, we're kind of getting dropped in the middle of Michael Douglas's story and mm. Hope Van Dyne's story. Um, wait, Hank Pym's story and Hope Van Dyne's story where um, there's some, some backstory that would give Mm -hmm. greater context to the, the current narrative. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like it's, it it seems like since Hank was the original Ant-Man, there could have been some like cool, like, like you were saying, like heists or, um, behind the scenes, like, like war stuff Mm -hmm. that was maybe classified back in the day. Um, because I think wasn't, wasn't the thing that he and Janet were trying to stop. Wasn't that like, the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yeah, I don't know if that's what
0: they were saying. Yeah, it's definitely like some type of missile coming to the United States from somewhere, yeah.
1: So, I don't know.
0: It would have been cool to see that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I mean, the stakes were like massive back Mm -hmm. then. And now it's like, we've got a divorcee. Okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think, I guess since we had Captain America the First Avenger and, and it was like in the 40s, and it's World War II and there are, there are like a lot of stakes there. And then it jumps forward because that's how Cap's story goes. And I thought that was so well done in the MCU. And mm-hmm. whenever I first heard about this, not knowing the comics that well, but um, I kind of learned a little bit about them. And it's like, oh, Hank Pym was the original one. Like whenever I saw that Michael Douglas was cast in the first Ant-Man and then Paul Rudd was cast, it's like, okay, he's Hank Pym, he's Scott Lang. Well, I kind of found out like, yeah, Hank Pym was the original one later on. Scott Lang got the tech for it. Uh, and I'm not sure how that happened in the comics, if it was you know, so much different than this or whatever, but it seems like instead of jumping into the middle of the story, like you're saying, where Scott is stealing that tech, and we've never seen any of the other stuff before, I, I wish I, we would have seen like a first movie of being like in the 60s, and it's like Ant-Man was invented, and the Wasp was there and invented, and they're doing all this cool shit, and then Scott Lang takes that over for the modern thing. That yeah. might have been more compelling to me as a storyline than what we get, and I think it would have been cool to see the original Ant Man, um, and also like another like period piece in in the MCU uh, yeah. versus just flashbacks of it. So I just think there's a little bit more they could have done with that. It would have been really fun, and and what we get is is fine, but yeah, just mm-hmm. could have been better.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of Hank, I like his old school suit in this. I don't know. I I I don't know what it is. I, I I wanted to say when I was writing the note that it was like the um, maybe the original Ant Man prototype, but we we saw his original Ant Man suit. It's the one that's in the first Ant Man movie. Yeah. So I don't know if he just made a brand new suit or what it is, but I really like the idea that Michael Douglas plays an active part in bringing this movie to its happy ending.
0: Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah,
1: like the in the first movie, it was mainly. It was mainly Scott. Like, he is the Ant-Man in in the modern day, so he was the one that was doing most of the action. Uh, In this one, Hank is part of it. He's going to rescue his wife, which I think is a great idea. Best case scenario. Um, Originally, it was going to be Hope that was going to do it, but Mm -hmm. um, since she's got the powers, yeah, she might as well just stay and, you know, help fend off the bad guys. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I, I thought that was a really good choice. I like uh, his suit that he wears because it's kind of reminiscent of the Ant Man and, and Wasp costumes, but it's also its own thing. Mm. And uh, I think him rescuing Janet is more powerful than if Hope were to do it, just because sure. it's reuniting with you know a, a lost love. And um, yeah, I like they uh, they well. Do you have anything to say about that before we jump into the the ending? Of this movie?
0: I'll only say that, uh, again, I I think it could have been a cooler story if if we had seen him as the younger one with his wife, and then they went to modern times, like, she gets lost, they went to modern Mm -hmm. times, and then I like now that Michelle Pfeiffer is, is, gets like, back, I guess, I don't know if that's jumping the gun to what you're going to say, but I like that Mm -hmm. she comes back, and now she's going to be a part of the team, too, that we get, like, even more opportunities to see these people, like, in in their either just smart scientific roles, or they're kind of Ant-Man and Wasp roles, so...
1: Or will we? I, <laughs> no, no. So the 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 last note I've got for the the end of this movie before we get into the the post credits is this movie has multiple happy endings. So we've got that Janet returns and she's reunited with Hank, and we see at the the end of the the movie proper that they end up getting, well, I was gonna say like building a beach house, but it's just enlarging a beach house yeah. on a beach <laughs> sure. somewhere uh i thought that was cool um mm-hmm. also when janet first shows back up in the uh in that that building that keeps shrinking and and expanding um we just see janet walk out of there and i thought oh shit this is where they kill hank because <laughs> oh, I mean, you yeah. can't have one without the other but no he just shows up he's like hey i'm fine don't worry about me yeah. so it's it's a nice reunited family Um, so that was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, also Ava or ghost is cured by Mm -hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer when she comes back because she has quantum finger touching abilities. Sure. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) We'll just go with it. Um, she was there for a long time,
0: Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're going to come up with new abilities. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Scott is off of house arrest and, Mm -hmm. uh, he's now with hope and, uh, he's at the end of the movie. They are watching a, uh,
0: um, oh yeah, a, a movie
1: <laughs> on a a giant. Well, not a giant. IPhone. They've shrunk down to sit in a shrunken car, maybe a mm-hmm. micro sh- machine, something like that. Hot Wheels car. Hot uh, Wheels, yeah. And they're they're watching what looks like a drive-in theater screen, but it's actually a, like an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, and they this moth tries to fuck their car or something like that. It's weird. <laughs> whatever it is. Um and uh, yeah so happy yeah, sure. happy ending all the, all the way around mm-hmm. and that's where the movie ends but after the stylized credits which i think are cool they're like little miniatures of most of the scenes that we see in the movie um, in the the mid credit scene again spoilers we uh we see that they've shrunk down the that quantum tunnel thing mm-hmm. and it's in the back of a of like a creeper van? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what sure. else to call it. Um, stay away from that van at all costs, children. <laughs> yeah. Just stay away. So they, uh, both Hank and Janet and um, I guess Hope eventually is there, but uh, Hank and Janet are the ones that are like setting up the machine and getting it ready. So Scott can dive into the quantum realm and gather some particles to help Ghost um, and make sure that she can continue to survive. I guess I'm, I'm not really sure why. Yeah, I don't She's know. doing that. It seems like she was cured, like, but whatever.
0: Yeah, they were getting like healing stuff from it. But I, I was wondering if it had like more, more outside of ghost. I, I assumed she was just healed, but like no. they was gonna do something else. But I was like, what else would that heal though? Like what? I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get more of that later on. I don't know.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we need him to go into a place uh, yeah. to get a thing. That's more or less what it Pretty is. Much. So, um And then uh, Hope is there as well. She's kind of uh, walking through, or walking Scott through it uh, when he goes there. So uh, he gets shrunk down, goes into the quantum realm. He has this tube that he opens up, and it looks like it starts gathering quantum realm energy once it's maxed out he just like kind of puts it back in there he's radioing back and forth with him he's like okay guys I'm ready to come out because they have to pull him out manually just mm. like they, they put him in there and uh, he keeps radioing uh, guys guys and uh, it cuts to the footage outside of the van and uh, we see there's uh, three piles of uh, dust because oh Hank God. Janet and Hope have all been snapped oh, man. they done been snapped <laughs>
0: I wish people could see your face going along with that. That was good. <laughs> the hair went crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, it was a pretty uh, shocking ending with that. With it that was, kind of scene, and yeah. I knew it was
1: coming. Yeah. I was like, I had a big smile on my face the first time I saw it. It was like, oh, this isn't going to end well at yeah. all. Like, and uh, people in the theater, when I saw it, uh, were losing their fucking minds. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they hadn't seen Infinity War or what happened, but they were like, wait, what? Yeah. What and then um at the uh, the very like end credits it says Ant Man and the Wasp will return and it goes from a period to a question mark yeah. after that. So uh yeah that was uh that was pretty cool. I I like how um how it syncs up with Infinity War. There's a YouTube video that takes the um the end of Infinity War and runs that alongside both uh the Mid credit scene of Ant Man and the Wasp, and mm. the uh, post credit scene of Infinity War with Nick Fury and Maria Hill, mm, okay. and the way that everything is timed out. Um, once Thanos does the snap, mm-hmm. the way it syncs up with Ant Man and the Wasp. Whenever uh, there's a close up of of uh, Scott's head, and at that time you see a bunch of like glowing orange energy around him, mm. as if that's like. I guess souls getting trapped in the quantum realm is the theory. Oh,
0: interesting. So
1: yeah, it's kind of a a weird, weird thing there. Hmm. There's some like slight tweaking to the editing of it because whenever Thanos does the snap, originally, he there's like a like flash sideways or something like that where he's like floating in that water, and then he eventually like comes back or whatever. So it edits that part of it out, but otherwise the the editing is pretty interesting pretty well done mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff so
0: yeah that's interesting but, yeah. to think about and then remind me is it at the end of one of the credit scenes from Infinity War or whatever that Scott shows up in the van um where was that at
1: yeah so that that's on the uh, the trailer to Endgame that was the first trailer
0: oh okay that's what it was
1: yeah and then that so yeah the it's, that one?
0: I remember when that oh that's what it was because when that came out I hadn't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet and you were like um you really need to see that uh because there's like a lot of implications from that movie about like how he shows up and everything there so yeah because uh, he's like in the when we end that credit scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp he's stuck in the quantum realm yeah. so and then with seemingly no way out we don't know how he gets out and then he just shows up with a van right so
1: yeah be interesting. and then like you know after thinking about it it's like well he was in there once before and yeah. he just like grew himself back yeah to reality and so, you'd, you'd
0: think they had have a they would have a failsafe, but it seems like you said like he was more manual. They put him there and they needed him mm-hmm. back that way. And then I, I don't remember. Does he not like try to click or something like that, or does he just say guys, guys, and all that?
1: Yeah, I think he just says guys. So maybe uh, yeah, fourteen hundred times, and then <laughs> yeah,
0: it just echoes <laughs> a lot in the quantum realm, uh, all yeah. the way up outside of that van. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. interesting to see where how that will shape up because um, it seems like from the yeah the end game trailer that he's going to be back in the mix. Especially Mm because they're down a lot in their ranks and everything. So, once again, uh, whether this is you know main canon like it actually is or spinoff canon as I like to say, uh, you know he I do like his role. Like whenever he was in Civil War, I liked his role in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll be excited to see him kind of join ranks again in Endgame. So it just makes me more excited for Endgame again.
1: Yeah, for sure. And especially because we're gonna have like one of the things I like about Endgame so much is that there are so many characters coming together and interacting with each other mm. in ways we haven't seen to this sure. point. And then in game, we're going to have more of that because we're going to have um, uh, Hawkeye come back. We're mm. going to have Ant-Man back in there. We're going to have Captain Marvel in the mix oh, as well. Oh, God, yeah. So we're going to... Yeah, it's just going to be more, more characters interacting. Uh, from what we can tell... From the trailer, and it could be wrong because Marvel will fuck with this and I'm yeah. fine with it, <laughs> uh, is it looks like from the in-game trailer that Scott shows up at uh, wherever Steve and, and uh, Natasha and everyone else are hanging out and uh, he's going to be there with them. And I would assume that all the characters that survived the snap back in Wakanda at the end of mm. Infinity War, including Rocket, will be together. So oh, yeah. I hope... <laughs> There are some jokes about being short between Rocket and Ant-Man. Uh, it can be as dumb as it wants to be. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Please make it happen. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Especially if they make it the little uh, kid size Ant-Man. Yeah. They would like literally be the same size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be fun to see where that, where that shapes up. And now I really want to watch the in-game trailer again. Cause it's been a, it's been a, a little bit.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, it's so. been a little bit. Um, so uh, the the other thing I'll mention is the post-credits scene on this. Uh, it was not worth staying in the theater, yeah. but I would have lost my mind if I didn't see it, even though sure. we did see it. Because here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing, okay? Yeah. Okay, Marvel? Yeah. Like I just asked you for a favor, but now I'm going to savage the shit out of you, okay? <laughs> so the post-credits scene is the giant size ant that was taking the place of Scott in the majority of this movie when he was... Outside of the house arrest, they put a uh, one of those. Um, I was gonna say leg pagers, but uh, <laughs> I guess trackers or whatever. Ankle monitor. Ankle monitor. I thank like you. leg they pager put, though. <laughs> they put like a, a, a bunch of socks around the, the ant's leg, and then put the 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 ankle. What? Wait. Monitor. You call it? Ankle monitor. monitor. <laughs> wow, I went back to pager. was like, wait, no, I said that, I'm not scared. The ankle monitor back, or they put it on the the ant. Anyway, so this ant is in there, and he's playing the electronic drums there Mm. and that's it like that's all we see yeah which is fine like it has the um we can see that it's post snap because the emergency broadcast system and there's like a uh a loud like um Mm. like not a a buzzing noise but there's like some like what would you call that some like loud high pitched frequency yeah that's being played um as if like a signal was lost or whatever Mm. and uh yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all it is. It's just a, a shot of the, the well, ant playing electronic drums.
0: They wanted to, to let us know that the ant survived the snap. So,
1: I mean that's that's, good. that's imperative. Even yeah. though there's a number of ants that get yeah. destroyed yeah. and eaten by seagulls <laughs> in this movie, but um, but this one's life size, so it's yeah. it's the important one, right? Uh, but here's here, here, here's here's mm-hmm. here's 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 the thing. This shot was in. One of the Ant Man and the Wasp trailers. Mm. Don't, put, don't put that. Yeah. Don't put that in the movie. Nobody's like, I don't know about this movie. Oh, there's an ant playing D drums. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will Gotta be there. Go. Yeah. No, I, you just sold a ticket, Marvel. <laughs> no, no. Don't don't put that in there. Even if it's for a, like a dumb joke, there.
0: Because you have already seen the, it.
1: The, I've already seen it. Yeah. By the time I'm staying all the way through, close to two hours, for wow. this for this last little bit, I've already seen it. Yeah, it, it it loses its luster because I know I can hear in the distance above the, the high-pitched tone, the drums are being played. I was like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of the time that the ant was playing the drums in the trailer. <laughs> and then what do I see? The ant playing the drums in the trailer, uh, but in the movie. So, yeah, it drove me nuts. Like, it would have had more impact if I didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot funnier, but it just... Uh, I didn't didn't care for it.
0: It's I would say it's a better... Uh, post credit scene Then uh, I've been watching like I said a lot of the Avengers movies but uh, I watched Captain America the first Avenger and the end credit scene is just the trailer for the Avengers and whenever it came to that I was <laughs> like right. oh yeah that's right this one doesn't actually have yeah. one this is stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'll take that at least but that's, uh, that's yeah. true kind of especially kind of I mean even though it's funny whatever and it's kind of lame after the uh, the shocking mid credit scene that was so yeah yeah
1: Maybe they well, I was gonna say maybe they should have swapped them, but it wouldn't make I sense. I know I thought because, about that too. Yeah, yeah. But well, still. It is what it is. Like it's a it's a, a fine moment, and it's not Peyton Reed's fault that they the trailers yeah. locked that in there. Maybe they were going back and forth whether or not they were gonna put that in the movie, but yeah, whatever.
0: So the last thing I, I wanna say is uh kind of going into that I was watching all these different ones, so I had been, uh, I've been trying to work out a little bit more. I've been uh, walking and running on my treadmill, and I have it in front of like, a computer monitor so I can watch different movies and stuff. And I put on uh, the Captain America, uh, Captain America series is what I wanted to watch. So I watched them like, in little 30-minute spurts when I was exercising, whatever, here and there. So I did Captain America, the first Avenger. Then I did uh, The Avengers. Then I did Captain America, Winter Soldier. And then I just watched Age of Ultron last night. And, or finished it last night. And I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp in between there. And, um, gotta say, uh, it's hard to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp after seeing, especially, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Cause that is probably yeah. my favorite of them. Or, I don't know, it's yeah. hard to say, but it's one of my very favorites
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the MCU. And it is so well done <laughs> <laughs> that it makes everything look la- lackluster. Like, uh, yeah. I basically have been watching this as Cap story. And I I wanted to take out the rest of it. Um, I think another interesting way would be to like the Iron Man story version of it and going through the Avengers movies. But I wanted to kind of see it just through the cat movies and the Avengers in between those. And it's been an interesting journey on that note. Uh, But throwing Ant-Man and the Wasp in there was kind of weird. Even watching Age of Ultron right after watching uh, Winter Soldier was was pretty jarring. Um, (laughs) I know that you and I do like that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, more than it seems the, the general public did or critics did or whatever but um, this, ver- this time when I watched it I was like yeah it's a little like goofy on, on some parts and stuff uh, it has yeah. some good moments it has some bad moments but um, but I'm excited to watch Civil War again because it's, it's been a little bit I'm not doing mm-hmm. it it's not been a while um, <laughs> can't get around it uh, since I've seen that one and seeing Ant-Man and that again will be kind of fun so, uh, but it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting trip kind of watching it from, from Cap's story all the way through the series and see kind of how that shapes up the different things. Um, you really don't need a ton of the other movies. Like, I know I have them in my mind, so I know what kind of happens in Thor's movies and Iron mm-hmm. Man movies and stuff like that that like kind of shape up the story. But uh, it really kind of works on its own as just a, uh, as Cap's story, where he yep. kind of every once in a while meets up with the group and everything. Uh, but since he shapes so much of what happens to S.H.I.E.L.D., and Hydra and the MCU overall it's uh, yeah. you know he, he kind of with Iron Man he kind of leads the charge of of the trajectory of the the main through line that you have through the MCU of uh, mm-hmm. you know str- struggles of power and freedom and and what does that mean and privacy and um, protecting the earth or not and, and basically you know all that kind of stuff so uh, it's been kind of cool to watch those though and then uh, Ammon the Wasp was just kind of in there which is fine and then I'll get to Civil War and Infinity War. Uh, I'm going to try to watch those in the next uh, week before Captain Marvel comes out. So be super excited to watch that one. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Man, I'm so pumped for Captain Mm -hmm. Marvel. Like it it feels like I'm right at my peak of excitement (laughs) for it. And (laughs) I've (laughs) seen commercials for it on TV. um, And uh, usually I will just like turn my head or. Yeah, uh, go do something uh, while it's on, just because I just I just, we're so close to it at this point. Yeah, I just want to go watch the movie and just see whatever new stuff on the screen mm. itself. So
0: I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah, very much looking forward to that, and uh, that's what we're going to be discussing on our next episode. So yeah. uh, be sure to also listen to that one. I guess. <laughs> you'll to this. So um, we'll go watch we will, it for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what we're doing for the next episode. Uh, did you have anything else to add on Ant Man and the Wasp, or in general? No,
0: uh, not for Ant Man and the Wasp. I was just going to say too that I've been trying to avoid any TV spots or extra trailers for uh, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, and they keep pushing them yeah. really hard because uh, like slash film will be everywhere. Like, Watch this TV spot and explain who Jude Law's character is. I'm like, no, I don't know who he is yet. I'm good with that. And like, see who Annette Bening's playing. I'm like, no, I don't know no, who she's playing yeah. yet. I don't need to, yeah. man. I'm just, I'm just excited to get in the theater and just watch it. Yeah. However it plays
1: out. So, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. It's like, we will find out shortly. Yeah, like, that's you don't have fine. to be pushing this. Yeah. Watch how the movie ends right <laughs> yeah. now. Click this. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Let me watch this. Leave yeah. me Alone. Yeah.
0: so I'm very excited to watch that I love the 90s I, I again I, I think it'd be kind of cool it's like kind of cool to do like a prequel type thing um, mm-hmm. where we get to see some some new different aspects uh, of the MCU where there's like not many superheroes there's no superheroes around um, so that'd be kind of interesting seeing young Sam Jackson would be fun and I, yeah. I imagine the, the D.A.G. makeup will be just as great and he'll have hair I think uh, if I remember correctly from the trailers so It'll be fun to see the whole thing. So, yeah, I'm super pumped. I got my tickets ready and to go. And Coulson's back, baby. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Very cool.
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, well, in the meantime, if you would, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a show suggestion, question, comment, dog picture, show selfie, pop culture combat contender, or something specific you want us to discuss, be sure to contact us. Stephen. if somebody wants to send mm-hmm. us an email, where can they send that missive.
0: Uh, please send that to let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at L T A S pod. You can follow me on letterboxd and Twitter at Stephen 22 and Brent on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard.
1: Yes. yes. And as we discussed Captain Marvel next week, go check mm-hmm. it out. Come back, listen to the episode. Be generally disappointed by the conversation, <laughs> but I mean, look, we're talking about, being a a duck pastor uh and and working for duck clergy where else you gonna find that yeah yeah so (laughs) you know what you're here for
0: and you're welcome yeah (laughs) yeah so looking forward to that please come back next week and listen to us
1: please please Please. for the love of i'm the boss carl i'm the boss (laughs) 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 all
0: right brett anything else from you
1: nope that's it all right well until next
0: time i'm steven
1: I'm Brent. Come and let's talk it. later. Quack, quack. Line, line and as the good Lord Carl we says, quack, quack. We'll make
0: you happy. <laughs> we had a dream we go traveling together. We'd a little love and then
1: we'll keep moving on. Something always happens when we're it happens. it. counted down this down, up, instead, down, down. Up instead of counting up. So, so uh-huh. this is... All off the rails it's gonna be great. already. It's <laughs> going to be a goddamn nightmare. Um, okay, and then let's sync mm-hmm. with Baba Yaga on three. Can we say it like him? Baba Yaga. Yeah. <laughs> like all scared? <laughs> yeah. Cool, that's a good all right. one. All right, so scared Baba Yaga on three. One, two, three. Baba Yaga.